coming up on NRL Teams. A supercharged start to round three, but will Nathan Cleary be fit for the grand final rematch? Rabbitohs sweat on the fitness of their number seven ahead of hosting their oldest foe, while the Tricolours welcome back their own hitman as another star forward returns. And after a tough start, will Kevy look to Tom Dearden to kick-start the Bronx season? Welcome to NRL Teams. Great to have your company. As the rain continues to lash the East Coast, a big shout-out to all of our emergency services workers and volunteers who have been working so hard over the last few days. Thank you. And to everyone else, we hope you're staying safe and dry and well. Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrow have both waded into the building. Lovely to see you, gents. No, how good is it that the rugby league's been going? The first two rounds, we've seen some exciting games, um, some tough games, obviously, in that wet conditions last week. But uh, you're right, a big shout-out to all people who are doing a little bit tough and um, helping each other out. Good conditions to watch the footy from yeah. the couch <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And a couple of records I wanted to ask you about from the weekend, despite the terrible playing conditions. Let's start with the O defensively for the Panthers. Two weeks in a row and they have mm. not let a single point past them as yet. When you look at that D... Is that a potentially competition-winning D that we're talking about, Robbie? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know, the defensive effort in the first two rounds of the season has been quite impressive. They've obviously come up against, I guess, teams that aren't uh, you know, expected to be you know, fighting for the competition. But at the same time, you can only defend against what you're coming up against. And I think this week's a, a real good challenge for them coming up against the Melbourne Storm side that you know, has, a, has a bit of speed in the back line and a few points in them. So you know, a real test for the Panthers this weekend, but definitely a great start to the season defensively. And at the other end of the park for the Roosters, we keep mentioning their ageing roster. Well, one of their, I'm not going to say old fellas, because 34 years old is definitely <laughs> 34 years young. Brett Morris, two hat-tricks, two weeks in a row for the first time in the National Rugby League. I mean, how remarkable is that? Is Brett Morris the best finisher in our game? Yeah, he certainly had a wonderful career. You know, the amount of tries that he scored, I think we had it down as 171 tries off 100, uh, 271 matches. The strike rate is unbelievable. As you said, the Roosters' right edge the first two weeks has been very potent. Um, He's certainly going to be one of the best finishers in our game. He's got a few more to, tries to score to catch a couple of record holders in, in some greats. But, yeah, of the, of the modern era, he's certainly the best finisher in our game. Looking at round two, does he feature in your 3-2-1? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Oh, oh, wingers, no, oh. wingers, wingers, wingers. Uh, now, my 3-2-1, uh, I've got uh, Latrell Mitchell. He's my one point. Uh, Luke Keary, I gave two points through. And Reid Marnie, the Parramatta dummy half, I gave three points to. So... Um, I didn't go for Brett Morris or Josh Morris, who keeps voting. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's so many good players in the game. Robbie, what about for you? My one point was Bradman Best. I thought, uh, yeah, he was so destructive for the Knights on the weekend. My two points went to Ben Hunt, who was back to, you know, some of the footy that we know he's capable of playing. And my three points was Luke Keary. Yeah, he just orchestrated uh, that win, you know, for the Roosters up against the Tigers and, you know, tore the, the left-edge defence of the Tigers apart. We have an epic game to kick off round three of the NRL this weekend. A grand final rematch and we can hear that clock and indeed the bell to come, which means that the teams are in and we should have a look, shouldn't we? Let's start with Thursday night footy and the Panthers hosting the Storm at Blue Bet Stadium. Let's head to the home side's team sheet first. And Nathan Cleary, who copped that high knock on the weekend, he did pass the game day HIA, but it's a short turnaround for him this week. I'm sure the Panthers will be keeping 
the storm guessing until that final 17 is named could be an opportunity for Matt Burton to step in. Appy Corrissau was missing on the weekend with a broken wrist. Mitch Kenny will again start at hooker with Tyron May in jersey 14. Brian To'o and Kurt Capewell have both been named despite picking up knocks against the doggies. Let's look at the defending premiers and Felice Kafusi with that grade two dangerous contact charge. He's out for two weeks so Tom Eisenhoof will be starting on the right edge and Nico Hines comes onto the bench. Prop Nelson Asafa Solomona suffered a sternum injury late in the game against Para. He's still been named to start and looks like Ryan Pappenhausen and Brandon Smith will be good to go despite a couple of knocks for each of them last week too. Tyson Smoothie has dropped out of the 17. Gents, Cleary named, but it is only a five-day turnaround, a very short turnaround for the Panthers' playmaker. If he doesn't play, we know Appy Corrissau is out. Talk to me about what that means for the spine and indeed the attack of the Panthers. Yeah, I think these days most teams like to play in systems. The Penrith have got great depth. Obviously, been able to keep Matt Burton there for another year before he goes off to Canterbury. Really quality halfback, great kicking game. Um, Jerome Luai is just that natural runner and he's just, he's a ball of energy, Jerome Luai, and obviously now will turn into probably the game manager and the most experienced player in that spine for, for Penrith, because as you said, Coruscant would have taken control if Nathan Cleary was out, um, but that, both those players will be missing, so it puts a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, I think it's good that if Matt Burton gets the opportunity to play, which I think we, we will, because of Luke Cleary, uh, Nathan Cleary's short turnaround, it's great because... It, the kid has the opportunity to play mm. at Canterbury regularly in first grade. He's doing an apprenticeship and he's waiting very, very well. But if he gets to play, I think Matt Burton will do a very, very good job. He's a very good player. I think the other the guy, the forgotten man's Tyrone May. So, yeah, he can easily come into the yep. side there at 5'8 as well. He's obviously played a lot of, lot of footy in the halves and probably a bit more experience there coming up against a, a strong Melbourne side. You know, Ivan Cleary might decide to leave uh, Burton on the bench you know, out of the opening exchange to start the game with a bit more experience in Tyrone May has been around the system for a bit longer as well. So they've got some options there if Cleary does miss out. And Jerome Luai has just been in super impressive form to start the season as well. Before the season started, we talked about the aura of Cameron Smith and the fact that when games are tight, you feel like a side with him in it will win that game every single time. Well, let's hear what Craig Bellamy had to say on that front after the Storm's loss to the Eels last week. You know, without, without Cameron there, we're still sort of learning our way a little bit. Um, we lost our way a little bit last week too, but um, um, you know, we managed to steady the ship, whereas tonight we, I didn't think we really steadied it that well. That's still a little part that we need to get right, you know, to cover for um, you know, what he's bought us over the last few years in, in a game like that, you know. So, Noddy, did we see that missing link perhaps last week and that it will indeed take a little bit of time to settle into life without Cameron Smith? Definitely, yeah. Well, we've, they've had 18 years of Cameron Smith. It's a fair lot of habits <laughs> to break, you know, and he's, a pretty, he's been a pretty good player. And, and I think the moments that Craig Bellamy is talking about is probably the kicking game, the game management, and just the calmness mm. and control that when Parramatta are on top and they've got all the energy in favour of Parramatta, Cameron Smith's greatest strength was probably just to rally the team and, and, and absorb and just wait for that opportunity. Again, defence is very important. They wouldn't leak points, but then they get back into the contest and he comes up with the right play. They got over the line twice on, on, that, on Thursday night, but were unable to put the ball down. So that they're creating opportunities. Um, I think I actually think they'll be a much better side when Harry Grant even comes back, because Harry Grant plays a very similar mm. role to Cameron Smith. Um, not so much the game management, and I, I thought they went really well at the end of the match when Brandon Smith went, the, went to the lock roll. Mm. So I think there's going to be times where they've got to adapt their life without Cameron Smith, but I think their life without Cameron Smith will still be okay. Yeah. 
Break that down for us, Robbie, because we know Brandon Smith is really keen to play in that dummy half role. Talk to us about yeah. the time it takes to settle that combination with Cameron Munster. Yeah, it does, and especially as, as Noddy said, 18 years of the same hooker, the same dummy half, you know, in key moments in the game, they're looking at Cameron Smith to come up with that play to settle, you know, the ship, and yeah, you know, he's not there anymore, so now all of a sudden they're kind of looking around going, okay, well, who's going to take control here? And I think they're probably still jostling with that at the moment, still trying to find the right balance between, you know, the nine, the seven and the six as to who steps up and at the time that they step up as well. So, as Noddy said, I think Harry Grant's probably a bit more of a... Um, I guess deceptive sort of hooker than than uh, Brandon Smith is. Brandon Smith's a dynamic sort of you know, runner of the ball, and you know, he's a, plays at 100 mile an hour. As well. I think with Harry Grant, you know, they'll get a bit more subtlety out of the, the number nine position, which will you know, take their game to the next level. They'll so get Dale Finucane back in a couple of weeks as well, so they'll be okay. We're sort of thinking, oh, geez, life without Cameron. Look, it's, it's always <laughs> going to take time. No, it's always going to take yeah. time. Yeah. You know. yeah. We'll head to Friday night, <laughs> shall we? That's the cracking way to start the round on Thursday night. Friday evening kicks off with the Dragons taking on the Seagulls at Wynn Stadium. And don't the Dragons return home with a spring in their step. That team song on the weekend was absolutely next level. And they've named an unchanged lineup. Trent Merrin left the field late in the game for an HIA, but he's been named on the bench. Michaela Ravalawa, Matt Dufty, Daniel Alvaro, they'll all back up after picking up Knox in Townsville. Manly Seagulls, no change to the back line. Dylan Walker remains at fullback. Andrew Davey is out, of course, with that knee injury. And Josh Schuster will start in the second row. Some good news for Manly this week. Schuster's signed a new three-year deal. Cade Cust, though, failed his in-game HIA, so he'll need clearance to play. And Morgan Boyle has been named on the bench after missing last week with a foot injury. Jens, the Dragons' defensive effort late in the game against the Cowboys was absolutely crucial. Is this now starting to look like an Anthony Griffin coach side? Oh, I think so, yeah. They, got, they copped enormous criticism for the, the performance in the charity shield against South Sydney. They were blown off the park. Um, it always takes time. We're talking about taking time to adjust after Cameron Smith. Well, it takes time for a coach to get the fabric and the makeup, and especially takes times in a game when you're under pressure. Mm. You're you know, training, you can make the right decisions under game scenarios, under pressure. Um, panic situations, new combinations. So I think definitely, yeah. And, you know, most coaches will say the first thing they want to work on is defence. If you get the defence in order, then we can start working on the attack. That was great defence from, from the Dragons for a long, long period of time there. On the try line, yeah. desperate for a match. They go up to the North Queensland. They, no one really expecting the win, but that was a really good performance from them yeah. and a great bounce back. And the coach should be wrapped with them. And Matt Dufty... I sometimes can be critical of Matt Dufty making tackles when there's a line break. He, he avoids sometimes the collision, but on the weekend, he was there front and centre, putting his body on the line and stopping those tries, which is a good sign if you're a Dragons fan. Mm. Yeah, I think in the second half there, there was a period where the Cowboys had, I think, three or four repeat sets on the Dragons try line. You know, if they considered a try there, you could almost see the Dragons throwing the game away, but they, you know, they held firm, they held him out, got the ball back three or four sets later. Uh, held on to win the game. Ben Hunt was outstanding. I think Andrew McCulloch too has been a great fall for Ben Hunt as well. It's probably brought out the best in his game. Let's look at the Manly backline, Robbie, because I am certainly not brave enough to tell Desi who he <laughs> should be picking. So I'm going to ask you that question <laughs> yeah. instead. There's been plenty of external noise this week, an expectation perhaps that we would see changes to the backline. That hasn't happened. When you look at the options that Desi has, how do you see it playing out over the next few weeks while they wait for Tommy Turbo? Who else can they throw well, into the mix? Well, that's the thing. You can only make changes if there's someone better to, <laughs> to put into the side. And at the moment, to throw another young kid in, in that team where they're, they're you know, struggling 
uh, defensively as well is a, is a big ask. You're putting a kid into a team that's not going so well under a lot of pressure. So, look, I, I think, if anything, yeah, Manly need more from their senior players. I think their senior players have been quite disappointing in the last, you know, only, not only at the start of this season, but you know, the back end of last season when Tommy was out as well. So, look, I think, you know, obviously Dylan Walker hasn't played a lot of fullback, but, you know, he's got the role now, so, and he's been around for a long time, so he's got to get back to playing some good footy. Um, you know, Cherry Evans was really poor on the weekend, in my opinion, as well. Uh, they need more from, you know, Marty Tapao, Jake Trapovich. Those guys need to show the way for the younger boys. An absolute blockbuster to follow that one up on Friday night. The oldest rivalry in our game. We will see the Rabbitohs take on the Roosters at Stadium Australia at 8.05pm kickoff. Always an absolute cracker of a contest, this one. Let's look at the South Sydney Rabbitohs side. Adam Reynolds has been named. He'll continue to go through those concussion protocols this week. He did fail the in-game HIA on the weekend. We do have Benji Marshall, of course, there in Jersey 14, ready to go if Reynolds is ruled out. Josh Mansour is back on the wing. Jackson Paulo out after copping that head, head knock last weekend. For the Sydney Roosters, Victor Radley is back from that ACL injury. He'll make his comeback off the bench. So Drew Hutchison drops out of the 17, as does Fletcher Baker. Angus Crichton back from his one-game suspension. Nat Butcher moves to the bench. Noddy. South's left edge has been one of the most lethal attacking weapons yep. in the game over the last little while. The Roosters' right edge, similarly so yeah. to start this season. It's been remarkable. Do they nullify each other this weekend? Is it who fronts up in defence, ultimately? No, I, well, yes and no. In some regards, we've seen some massive performances. You know, there was the, the big flogging last year, obviously, massive. from from one side over the other side. So it's going to be so exciting. As you said, there's plenty of skill. Um, the, the, probably these two are two very good defensive sides as well. So you mightn't see the, f the 50 points again in this match, but... Um, the good thing about both sides is they've got plenty of talent. So that talent pulls apart some defensive structures and systems. They've got, they've got some great individuals that can create things on their own. So, it, as you said, it is a mouth-watering challenge on, on Friday night to see who's going to win. Um, they got the response. Josh Mansell dropped the first week. Wayne got what he wanted. They won the second week. Now he comes back, back in. in. Happy to see that, Robbie. With Josh? Yeah, or, yeah look, I'm not too sure. I think Jackson Paulo's yeah. out uh, yeah. with, with yeah. a head knock as well. So, yeah, Josh gets his chance, which yeah, I'm sure he'll want to take with both hands and, and make sure that he stays in the side you know, for the rest of the season. There's a lot of people calling for Adam Reynolds to be re-signed very quickly. Um, he was great last week. He was, yeah. He wants to get re-signed for his terms. He has to go great this week against the Roosters. If he yeah, gets bragging rights against the Roosters. This is where they'll all stand up and take notice. Well, it's a great matchup, isn't it? You're coming up against Luke Keary, yeah. who started the season on yeah. fire. You know, Adam Reynolds, you know, fighting for a, a long-term contract. So, you know, what better statement to make? Yeah. And against you know, Roosters side that's full of confidence, you know, up against a player that's full of confidence. And if he can you know, get the points this weekend, you know, I think it'll go a long way to him securing his future. Another guy who is absolutely made for battles like this is Victor Radley. How big an addition is he for the Roosters? Oh, it's just great to see him back. You never like seeing uh, any player, especially one of the best young players in our game, you know, rubbed out of the game for a long time. And uh, coming back from an ACL injury is, is always tough. So, look, I'm sure it'll, it'll take him time to get his confidence back and his match fitness. But, you know, great to see Victor back in the, into you know, the team. And I'm sure moving forward, it's a great addition to that Roosters side. You know, they're starting to look you know, red hot at the moment. <laughs> what about a guy like... 
Damien Cook. He was incredible on the weekend in the wet, made almost 100 metres, yeah. try, couple of yeah. line breaks. And that's perhaps one position on the field that you can name that the Rabbitohs do on paper have it over the Roosters. How crucial will he be in a game like this? Very crucial, yeah. Because, again, if you can get the ability... so And I know South Sydney's forwards really stood up last week and said the, re the reason Damien yeah. Cook has been a bit... Um, poor in the first few weeks or first week was because of our performance. So if they can win and play the ball and get some momentum, Damien Cook's pace yeah. out of dummy half is great. And, that, and that's how you pull apart the best defensive structures mm. with not being able to be in control of the play the ball and what the, the dummy half is doing. So as you said, Damien Cook was great last week. Um, they created opportunities for him. He took, if, if they don't win and play the ball, Robbie would know, if, if they don't win play the balls, then he can't yeah, jump. Right. He can't play football. Yeah. So it relies a lot on the people around you to help you. But if they do help him a lot, then, you know, all of a sudden, as you, we, we, we keep saying ageing roster, but they're still pretty good, that roster. Oh, yeah. But um, it, it's a way to break the best defensive units around by taking control out of the controllable, which is what teams don't like. Mm. It is going to be an absolute cracker on Friday night. If you can, get out there to Stadium Australia to see the Rabbitohs take on the Roosters. Tickets, nrl.com forward slash tickets. And, of course, you can catch all of the action on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO, on Sky Sports NZ, and for our international viewers on Watch NRL as well. All right, let's head to Super Saturday, shall we? And to Canberra, where the Raiders will take on the Warriors. It's the 3 o'clock kickoff at GIO Stadium. Canberra coming off a tough win in the wet when they just managed to hold on. Let's look at this home side. The Raiders have their skipper back. Jared Croker returning from shoulder surgery. So Sebastian Chris drops out of the 17. Second rower Hudson Young battled some knee issues late last weekend, but he's been named to back up, as has Sean's Nicole Cookstar, who picked up a bit of a cork on the weekend. Nathan Brown's at Warriors side. Chanel Harris-Tavita out with a foot injury, and he will be missing for quite some time. So Sean O'Sullivan makes his club debut. He gets his chance at halfback. Bunty Afoa will start with Jermaine Tanoa-Brown suspended for three weeks for a crusher tackle. And in the back row, Bailey Sirinan had his arm in a sling after the Knights game last weekend. Good to see that. Mustn't be as serious as first thought. Jack Murchie makes his return from a pec injury. Jared Croker back in the centres with Curtis Scott playing some really good footy as well. How significant isn't it that as an inclusion for the Raiders on both sides of the park? I think just in terms of his leadership as well, he's obviously been a great leader for them down there in Canberra for a long time now. So to, to have him back, I think is a, a massive boost for the Raiders side. Yeah, you know, they weren't at their best last week. I think Ricky will probably be a bit disappointed with their performance, but I think any time when you can go away from home, especially at Shark Park, which is you know, always a, traditionally a very tough place to go and win. Get the two points, albeit very lucky. You know, if, if Chad Townsend does you know, ice you know, one or two of those goals at the end of the game, that they don't walk away with the win. But they did get the win. It was ugly. But at this point of the season, I think you take the win, they're back home this week, and I think Sticky will be looking for an improved performance. Nathan Brown on the other side of the park has been trying to change the way his halves play. Mm. He's going to be missing Chanel Harris-Tavita for quite some time. Does he need to let a guy like Cody Nicarima run free this weekend, do his own thing? Yeah, well, Cody Nicarima's been really good for the first two weeks. You know, uh, sort of game management's picked up. Uh, he's got looks a bit more comfortable now. Obviously, he went over there last year. Sean O'Sullivan, it's very curious, he's got a one-year deal. So, basically, he gets an opportunity to sell himself to, to the Warriors to have a future there. Um, obviously, went across from the Broncos, was a part of some great junior sides. So, uh, I don't think the style of football they play will, will change too much. I think they'll go, this is the structure we play. We want you to come in, um, be nice and calm, be controlled. Kicking game's really important. And then, you're right, I, I think Nick Arima's great. If he, he's a bit like a Damien Cook. If they win a play ball, if he gets a bit of second-phase football, make it up. Yeah. 
play what's in front of you because that's that's the pace that they the pace in the ad-lib football they've got. So I some, sometimes think that too much structure pulls them out of the game. Guy like RTS mm. is pretty good at ad-lib footy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, off the back of that big forward pack yeah. as well. You know, we spoke earlier about how if you can get the quick play the balls and roll forward, then it does bring your little men into the game. And you know, with with the big guys they got up front now with Fanua Blake, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and, and and these guys, Bunty Afoa. You know, I think that's the way, and it's going to be a great battle because the Raiders do play that power game as well. So I think whoever can nullify the other forward pack in the middle of the park is going to go a long way to winning that game. Let's have a look at the second game on Super Saturday and head north to Brisbane where the Broncos will take on the Bulldogs 5.30pm kickoff at Suncorp Stadium. Home side in Brisbane first. No fresh injury concerns and no changes to report. Kevy's Broncos side is 1-17. Anthony Milford and Brodie Croft remain in the halves. Tom Dearden still outside that 17. Payne Haas and Matt Lodge are still a week or two away from their returns. Bulldogs. Trent Barrett forced to make a few changes through injury and suspension. Tuipu Lutu, Katoa is in on the wing for the suspended Dallin Watene Zalesniak. Jeremy Marshall King will start at dummy half with Sione Katoa moving to the bench. Back rower Raymond Faitala Mariner is sidelined with a foot injury, giving Corey Waddell his chance to start. And Joe Stimson comes on to the bench. A lot of talk this week about Tom Dearden getting his chance. Kevy is showing patience with his halves partnership. What is he looking to see from them this weekend? Well, I, I think he's got to be certainly giving them the last the last rights because they've been pretty poor for the first two weeks. We know that Anthony Milford is on quite a lot of money. Uh, Brady Croft has been in the game for a long time now. He's obviously coming out of the Melbourne Storm system. They took him up there and thought he could be the game manager, but... You're right, they need the 7 and the 6 to fire. I'm a huge fan of Tom Dearden. I think he's certainly a future representative player. He plays tough, he plays nice and direct, and he, I think that's the player of the future. Kevy's been very loyal and faithful to the people who have been there in the past and given them first opportunity, but he's now under a bit of pressure. You know, you're starting to think, oh, this coaching job, mm. it's a tough job, isn't it? It's a tough, it's a tough job. I think with the halves, too, we, we speak about you know, what they're bringing to the game in attack, but on the other side, defensively, Milford was really poor on the weekend yeah. to a point where... Kevy had to switch him over to the left-hand yeah. side to get him away from David Fafita. So, you know, I think you know, round one they showed some good signs defensively. I thought they really worked hard for each other. Last week it was back to the Brisbane of last year where they conceded some really soft tries, and that was quite concerning. So, you know, I think for them back home this weekend against the Bulldogs side that, you know, everyone's expecting to finish you know, down towards the bottom half of the ladder, I think Brisbane need to show something and come away with a win. You'd expect... we. We both probably expect Brisbane to win this game. Is that a fair assumption? They have to. Yeah, They've got to yeah. find a way to win this game. If they don't win this yeah. game, and it, I've, what, Kevy's got his work cut out. It doesn't get any easier for them, that's for sure, after yeah. this week. Let's have a look at what both teams have yeah. awaiting them yeah. in the following rounds. The Broncos first, the Storm, the Rabbitohs, the Panthers, the Eels and the Titans. Whereas for the Doggies, the Rabbitohs, the Storm, the Cowboys, the Sharks and the Eels. That's taking us through to round eight. As we head into round three, neither team has picked up a win as yet. Is this almost a mini-finals game for both sides? Well, you would think someone will yeah. win this week and yeah. then as you yeah. said, there could be an opportunity yeah. for one of these clubs to go none and eight after eight rounds of football. Yeah. And Trent Barrett's coming out of the, the highlight of last year, the attacking coach, the, the grand final, um, getting to the grand final. This is getting an opportunity. Kevin Walters jumps into the best role of his, his career and all of a sudden you're like, this is tough gig, isn't it? Mm. The NRL coaching in the NRL is a tough gig and there's, both clubs are going to be under enormous pressure. Yep. Trent Barrett has a couple of key signings joining next season. How tough is this year going to be for this Bulldog side? Look, it's going to be tough, but I think Trent Barrett's probably in a different situation to, 
to Kevin Walters yeah. up in Brisbane. I think with Brisbane, they expect success yesterday. They, you know, they want it straight away. I think with with the Bulldogs, I think they brought uh, Trent Barrett into the role knowing that it's going to take some time to turn it around. I don't think there's as much expectation on the Bulldogs this year as there is on Brisbane. So, look, I think he understands that. And going into the job, he understood that. So, look, I, I think there's more pressure on the Broncos this week than the Bulldogs. Mm. But I, I, I'm with Noddy. I think the loser of this week's game could really find themselves 0-8 you know, in, in another month's time tough few games to come. Let's head to the last game of Super Saturday on Saturday night with the Eels taking on the Sharkies at Bankwest Stadium a 7.35pm kickoff. The Parramatta team sheet first and Murata Niakore will start in the centres again with Wonga Blake out injured. He did a fantastic job Niakore stepping up last week. Isaiah Papali'i is into the second row with Ryan Madison ruled out after that head knock and Raymond Stone moves onto the bench. For the Cronulla Sharks Connor Tracy came on in the second half into the centres. He keeps his place. Hiroti has been dropped. Teague Wilton comes onto the bench. Earlier this afternoon, there was confirmation that Bronson Cherry has received a four-year ban from the NRL Anti-Doping Tribunal. He'll be out of action until the end of 2023. Now, we talked about Clint Gutherson for the Eels last weekend. His last week, his week-to-week -week effort is absolutely incredible. Go-go gadget arm last week. What about a guy like Reid Marnie? How crucial is he to this side? Because he sure has started this season with a bang. He has. Oh, I think he's probably career-best form at the yeah. moment. Two of the best games he's played back-to-back, -back, round one and round two. And uh, it's really taken the pressure off the halves. You know, we always speak about Parramatta and, and the pressure on Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown going into the season. But... When your dummy half's coming up with you know, the running game and uh, I think he, he put over Junior Paulo late in the game uh, on the weekend as well with that deception near the line. You know, and we've spoken about it with other teams as well where if you've got a nine that can create you know, and be a, a threat out of the dummy half position, you know, it's all of a sudden the defence needs to watch you and deal with you first before they can deal with the halves. And that just takes the pressure off your, your seven and your six. And that's what Reid Marnie's providing for Parramatta at the he, moment. He, he came up with a couple of really critical kicks from about the halfway on yeah. tackle four that just pushed him in the corner, wet weather football, put the pressure on Melbourne, making the just I think he made 59 tackles as well. So he gets through a mountain of work for Parramatta. He's, as we said last week, he's, unfortunately you've got a bloke called Harry Grant that mm. will probably play for Queensland in dummy half. But you could easily pick him now because I think he's been in that system. He's done mm. a great apprenticeship and he's shown week in, week out that he's a, he's a top first grade player. Yeah. Probably had to make a few extra tackles last week as well because they were one man <laughs> down in their rotation once Ryan Madison went off. Noddy, you're pretty passionate about this and I guess the potential to see an 18th man introduced in situations of foul play. Yeah, that's right. Well, in situations where it goes on report, um, then I think the 18th man should be allowed to be a part of the game because obviously Felice Cafusi gets charged and misses three weeks. Parramatta have 16 players for a fair chunk of that game. So they have to fight and do it really, really tough mm. um, for an incident that goes on charge and on reports. I'm, every side has an eighth man warming up. He probably has a shower when they kick off and he's not, not allowed to play that weekend. Just keep him on the bench, keep him on the side. And if a charge like this happens or an incident like this where he gets put on report, you lose Ryan Madison, eighth man, you can go on and you can play so your side keeps 17 players. Injuries are a part of the game. So I'm not saying if no. you get injured, that's you can't bring eighth man on. But in the act of a foul play, which something goes on charge, I would still like to think the side that gets affected from it can have a player replaced. What about for the Sharkies, Robbie? 18 errors last week, but a spirited, resilient kind of performance. Yeah. Do they take a lot of confidence from that performance despite the loss, or do they really need that win we keep talking about against a top eight side to get that confidence? Well, I think they'll take a lot out of last week. I think 
uh, as you mentioned, they know they can be better because of the amount of errors they came up with. But on the other side of it, defensively, I thought they were a lot better than what they've been in the past. And last year we spoke about yeah, how they had points in them, but they were never going to win those big games because they just weren't strong enough defensively. But to hold a pretty potent you know, Canberra side to 12 points on the weekend uh, was a pretty good effort, especially in those conditions and with the amount of errors they come up with in attacks. So I think they'll take a lot out of last week. All right, Sunday afternoon footy and it is McDonald Jones Stadium that we are heading for to see the Newcastle Knights take on the West Tigers, a 4.05pm kickoff, and it is the Newcastle halfback's 300th game. The home side will be very keen to celebrate in style. Kurt Mann back in the halves named alongside Mitchell Pearce as he lines up for his 300th cap. Phoenix Crossland out for two games after taking the early guilty plea for a crusher tackle. Connor Watson named to start in Jersey 13. We'll see whether he does start there this week or comes on as an impact player off the bench as he has done in the first couple of rounds. The West Tigers, as expected, Maguire has lost patience with Joey Leilua. James Roberts comes back into the centres. Zane Musgrove will start after serving a two-game ban from All-Stars. Joe Offahengawi moves back onto the bench and Michael Cheekham drops out of the 17. Pierce's 300th game. Both of you gentlemen have played 300 games in the NRL. It means, Noddy, a very different week. A lot of celebrations and attention in the lead-up to the game. How does that impact a player like Mitchell Pierce? No, I, I, it's a great milestone. It's a, a massive milestone to achieve 300 games. Uh, he's done it at, at a couple of clubs now, but it's a, it's a chance to reflect. You, you know, you start thinking about your debut match, your 100th mm. match, your 200th match, and then celebrating your 300th match. Like he's handled big occasions before, you know, obviously uh, New South Wales halfback, Australian halfback, premiership player. Um, Cop some criticism when obviously they go out and sign Cooper Cronk that he couldn't take him to that grand final win. Goes to Newcastle, uh, was the captain there uh, before the incident in the offseason. So Mitchell's been through it all. He's done the roller coaster ride for 300, the good, the great, the bad, the messy and everything else. But, you know, huge congratulations to him because it is a massive achievement. Yeah, I want to congratulate Mitch as well. Just uh, as Noddy said, it's been a bit of a, a rocky road for him, but to, to get to that milestone just shows how resilient he is as well uh, through a lot of setbacks. And he's only 31 years of age, so there's a lot of footy left in him. So who knows, he might get to 400. You played your 300th game in Newcastle I and did. got the win. We did get the win, so hopefully that's a bit of an omen <laughs> for us anyway. So not, not for yeah. Mitch. Unfortunately for Mitch, I'll be uh, obviously wanting the Tigers to get yeah. the win this week. But look, I think for him, especially to play in front of his home crowd up there, 300 games, it's going to be a massive occasion for him. As Noddy said, a, a great week with all his friends and family there. And I've got no doubt Newcastle will be up for a big game. So uh, us Tigers boys need to be on, you know, on our game. Well, what about your Tigers boys? Michael Maguire has made one key change. Been a bit yeah. of talk about Joey Leilua defensively in particular to start the season. What does this change do for the Tigers in defence in particular? Because they were up against a red-hot Roosters side last weekend, but they knew what was coming and really struggled to stop it. Yeah, that's right. It was quite clear from early on in the game the Roosters were really targeting the left edge of the Tigers. and. Uh, yeah, they, they made it look easy at times to, to cut through there and uh, at times I think the most concerning thing was probably the lack of communication. Guys on the left edge doing different things, one guy jamming, one guy sliding, that there was, they weren't on the same page there and, and that's quite a concern. So yeah, obviously Madge has looked at the tape and, and decided that you know, BJ misses out this week so yeah, he'll be looking for first and foremost accountability. You know, everyone's got a job to do and, and obviously he thinks that BJ didn't do his job up to his standard on, on the weekend and, and now he needs a reaction. And not, not only from the left edge, but you know, across the park because that performance on the weekend just wasn't good enough. 
big game in Newcastle, that is for sure, with Mitchell Pearce celebrating his 300th cap. Let's round out round three, shall we, with the final game of the round and the Cowboys taking on the Titans at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, the second Queensland derby in a row for the Titans. This time they're heading north to take on Todd Payton's Cowboys. Todd Payton has made just one force change to the side that lost to the Dragons. Murray Talungi comes onto the wing with Carl Feltz suspended. Cohen Hess will start despite a bit of a shoulder concern. For the Titans, Ash Taylor is out with a fractured hand. He'll be missing for two to three weeks. So Tana Boyd comes in at 5'8". And also happens to be David Fafita's best mate. They played schoolboys footy together, won the national champs back in their day. I want to ask you more about Tanner Boyd to begin with, Noddy. How much does that relationship with a guy like David Fafita count as he gets another chance to start in this side, but perhaps with a couple of more familiar big men either side? Yeah, that's right. I actually flew up in 2015 to watch him play for Key Run, and they were the Queensland halfback and Queensland back rower, or Queensland lock at 15 years of age. So isn't it good? It's like going out and playing schoolboy footy with a mate, but it's actually in the NRL. You feel comfortable. He's a great run of the ball, Tanner Boyd. Um, he probably hasn't had a chance to play in the halves in the number of games he's already played. I feel like he's played a lot of dummy half, but that's not mm. his regular position. You know, I know it's it's a similar position, but he'd be great. And, and, and knowing that I get a chance to play 5'8 for a couple of weeks, I can fit in with my mates. And the guy next to me is a guy I went to school with and hung out with. So you feel nice and comfortable. And then, and then all of a sudden you can go in and you, you can be yourself and... and and what I think the senior players at the Titans will be starting to say to themselves, mate, you tell us what to do. Like, we'll, we'll do whatever you, want to, whatever you want to do. So rather than just be that quite shy kid, steer us around, tell us what to do. But I think it would be very easy to tell David Fafita what to do when, you, when you're one of his best mates. Yeah. He's also played plenty of footy with Tina Fasuamala Awi yeah. as well. So I imagine that that will make him feel yeah. a lot more kind of comfortable to really directing the troops and being vocal yeah. in this environment. They're up against the Cowboys. And speaking of being vocal, we heard from Val Holmes last week about his desire to play at fullback. Todd Payton didn't mind him voicing that. Let's have a listen to the coaches' words. I'm not surprised because we've had that conversation a couple of times throughout the preseason. Um, he's still thinking like a fullback throughout the week. I've said it a couple of times. He's in all our, our spine meetings. Um, you know, I have no problem with players speaking their mind because they know that I'm going. So, um, in that, in terms of that, I would be surprised and front and and a little bit upset if he was content sitting out in the wing. Todd Payton does speak his mind and he's happy for his players to do the same thing. When you look at this Cowboys spine, Robbie, is what we're seeing now, is that how you think the best formation for the Cowboys is? Well, you know, they started the season with two losses, so you know, obviously Toddy Payton's going to show a bit of patience with the guys he's got there in those positions at the moment, but yeah, there is the option to move Val Holmes to one and he's shown that you know, that's the position he wants to play and uh, he, he hasn't you know, shied away from that. So, But I think Scotty Drinkwater was, was great on the weekend. I think he's a natural, natural fullback as well. We saw at times on the weekend where Val Holmes was trying to get himself into the game by coming off his wing and you know, trying to, I guess, you know, put himself into positions there and getting the ball, whereas any, any traditional winger would just stay out on his wing and wait for the ball to come to him. But, but I think they've got to find ways to bring Val Holmes into the game and utilise him as much as they can because a player of his capability, you don't want him just sitting on the wing uh, waiting for the ball to get there because sometimes the game just passes you by. 
That is how we finish up round three of the NRL this weekend. Plenty of cracking games for you to stay across. And you can, of course, see all of the action on Channel 9, on Fox Sports, on KO, on Sky Sports NZ, and indeed on Watch NRL for our international viewers as well. You do not have to miss a second of the action. Gents, you got away scot-free yeah. a little bit earlier uh. in the program in terms of your headline predictions coming out of round two. Let's just say they were wrong. What's going to happen uh, coming well, out of round My guy didn't three? even play. Is that a record? Your guy didn't even make it. That's on how I didn't yeah, even yeah, play. Yeah. I think that's uh, jinxed him. That's um, what's it in in racing terms? Late in, uh, scratching. Late, yeah, late scratching. Yeah, late scratching. Late, late scratching. scratching. Uh, Money back. There's a trend I've noticed happening in the first few weeks. So I'm going to. Uh, uh, Is position, that trend that you guys keep position, getting it wrong? A position? Yeah, it's probably that as well. <laughs> position that Robbie played. I think eight tries will be scored from the dummy halves this weekend. Ooh. I don't know what eight. There's 16 16 teams. Out of the eight matches, there'll be eight tries from dummy half. All right. You wouldn't mind that one, yeah. Robbie? I did like a try from dummy half. So <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like seeing hookers get over for yeah. tries. It's, uh, yeah, gets, uh, gets the juices flowing yeah. a bit. But um, my prediction this week is uh, we'll, we'll have to judge this in a couple of weeks' time, but I'm going to go with what we said. I think the loser of the Broncos-Bulldogs game will be none from eight Ooh. to start the season. So we'll, can re we'll revisit it in... Five weeks' time. Have you just got does yourself five weeks' worth of breathing space? Yeah, does that space? count? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see? Yeah. Too smart. They're Too sitting smart, on the see? fence. Yeah. And then, and then in five weeks' time, if I'm wrong, you'll probably forget yeah. about it anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lovely to chat with you both. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming in. <laughs> Thank you so much for your company as well. Enjoy the footy this weekend. It gets underway with an absolute cracker on Thursday night, a grand final rematch. The Panthers hosting the Storm. Enjoy all of the footy. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.